It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Causeway Street Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Pavone. Joel Pavone. Mr. Sean Dutra. Hey, this is Leon Pope, man. You're listening to Causeway Street Podcast. What's up, y'all? This is Kenny Anderson. Hi, this is Tyler Zeller from the Boston Celtics. And y'all listen to the Causeway Street Podcast. For all you new listeners out there, I'm your host, Joseph Pavone. I'm joined as usual by my two co-hosts. I'm Sean Dutra. What's up? Sound yeah, like talk about walks yourself. on the bee. There you go. Joel Pavone. What up? I'm a Pisces. <laughs> the most romantic. He leads off with that. The most romantic sign in all of Zodiac. Oh. You couldn't tell by my voice already. Oh. Sexy. I'm the producer of this ensemble that we call Causeway Street. In case you missed it. Hey, Bill Walton here, Celtics 1986. You're listening to the Causeway Street Podcast. Yeah, come here for nothing but the truth. This is where dreams come true. Thank you, Boston, for my life. Where are we going? You guys are such homers. It's your boy Terry Rozier. You're listening to the Causeway Street Podcast. Now listen to my boys Joe Sway, Joel, and Sean. Now let me say this. Isaiah Thomas is a hell of a player. An unbelievable competitor. He's a warrior. Everything he's going through right now. He had a hell of a game tonight. But when you're allowed to discontinue your dribble on every possession, he is impossible to guard. He's impossible to guard. When you're able to put your hand underneath the ball and take two or three steps and put it back down. It's impossible uh, to guard him in those situations. Uh, Joseph Pavone, Causey Street Blog. Fred, did you see uh, Isaiah carry the ball at all in this game? No. Welcome into another edition of the Causeway Street Podcast. With, of course, your favorite Boston Celtics bloggers, Joel Pavone, Sean Dutra. I am Josue Pavone. And wow, what a week, what a week, fellas. What a week for the Boston Celtics. Brad Stevens, I mean, the whole crew. I mean, welcome to round two, baby. What? How do I even begin this podcast? ECSF. I don't even know where to, there's just so much going on in my mind right now. I'm trying to compose myself <laughs> to get ready for this edition of the Cosmic Street Podcast. I mean, for starters, 
uh, to see the Celtics come back from 2-0, win four in a row, and do it in a manner where they just completely demolish the Chicago Bulls. I mean, talk about two coaches going at it and Brad Stevens just completely out coaching Fred Hoiberg from the second he lost those two games. Yeah. And you know what? You can say what you want about Ray John Rondo. Of course, not having Rondo in this series certainly plays a part, but you can't take away what Brad Stevens was able to do with this team from putting Gerald Green in the starting lineup, from getting the most out of guys like, you know, Terry Rozier, of course, Gerald Green, Kelly Olynyk. all of a sudden. I mean, that game five, easily the best Celtics performance I saw throughout this series. I mean, you can say what you want about game six. It was a blowout. Game six was dominant. Yeah, it was dominant, but game five just sort of, I mean, the Celtics just snatched the momentum. They already had the momentum going into game five, but in my opinion, at the end of game five, I mean, the Chicago Bulls were just completely deflated, and all it took was the first half for the Celtics to sort of grab control of that game, and then in came the third quarter of game six. That humongous run in the third to completely take the life out of Chicago and that was it. That was all she wrote. I, I think I think, yeah, you, you make some great points there. The number one thing that happened in this series is exactly what I was waiting for to happen is just a little bit of dysfunction mm. on that Chicago team with no leader. Cause Dwayne Wade doesn't want to lead. Jimmy Butler's he's not there yet in his mm. in his career. And their coach, Fred Hoiberg, doesn't know what to do with any type of any type of um, you know adversity. <laughs> adversity. That's because Sway fucked them up. That's why. Uh, I know. <laughs> Sway I know. fucked them up. But I was waiting for this. I knew that there was going to be something that like th- the Bulls. The Bulls look like a like a legitimate Eastern Conference Finals contender in those first two games. Rondo goes down. You can't do anything there's literally they had nothing like even if you want to say like ronda was a big deal yeah no when hoiberg decided to let ronda run the team yes yes. so when he decided to let ronda run the team not only just on the floor but while he was on the bench chicago looked like the team that beat cleveland the team that beat the warriors the team that beat san antonio during a regular season and when he goes down the whole which is the whole, weird. The whole like momentum just in, switches up we're completely. We're in 2017 and Rondo still controls us a uh, team. Like it's, still it's controls weird. a series at that point. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. But like I, I think that really shows you. It shows you two things. Is that us as Celtics fans though? We shouldn't be surprised. Though. First off, first off, I, I think this is the this is the most interesting thing from this series is Brad Stevens. Yep. Decides out of legitimately nowhere, nowhere. To just say Gerald Green is what this team needs. Gerald Green is what this team needs in the starting lineup right now. When that happened, I said, this is dumb. This is stupid. <laughs> Why the hell would you play the guy? who? Like, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not a, I'm not a Gerald Green hater. Like, mm. You were at the beginning you of the season. You were. I was just going to say. No, I, <laughs> you I you did not like that the moment The moment he all. got signed, you were like, why the fuck is selfish wasting <laughs> yeah, the money yeah. on Gerald Green yeah. out of all people? But then when I saw him play this year. I mean, you, know, no, uh, you, know, you know what the problem yeah. was? Paul Pierce wasn't available. That's why. Well, I just feel like if you're gonna draft, fuck you, uh, dog. You, you want me to go back to Jalen Brown? Is that, is that yeah, see, that's what this? pissed Sean off the yes. most because I said he's Jalen Brown insurance. Which if Jalen Brown's not ready to go, then you'll see Joe Green. But that's exactly what we saw, right? Well, you, that's exactly you what when we Jaylen, saw when Jalen wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. And came Gerald. Gerald. Gerald Green got his card called, and he so I'm performed. Not, I never disagreed with Gerald Green being Jalen Brown insurance, but the fact you need to take insurance out in your third overall pick in the draft. 
and he can't play in the playoffs, that was that's just a I series, digress. though. That's just I a digress. series. That's just, that's yeah. just a series. Yep, yep. you know what? You know, yeah. I'm not just gonna hate on Dylan Brown today. I'm not gonna hate on Dylan Brown. At this point, at this point, you have to trust in Brad Stevens, oh, right? Oh, one hundred percent. So that that's where I was going with this. Yeah. Is that when he put Gerald Green in the lineup, I said, "This is ridiculous." <laughs> and then, no, like seriously, no, no, no. I'm, just, I'm just I'm picturing that in my head when you heard that. Funny thing was, I told you guys this in the last episode. Some dude comes up to me at work, and he, he's a sports fan, but he's not like a basketball guy. Mm. And he goes, "Hey, yeah, uh, but, but, th- but he thinks he is right after two zero. After after the Celtics were down 0-2, he goes, "Why isn't Gerald Green getting any run?" And I oh, go, no I, shit. I go, get out of here, dude! Like Gerald, why would that matter? Like, why would that? Why does that matter at all? I bet you after game after game four, you were oh. like, he must have been like so. <laughs> You see Joe Green last night? <laughs> yeah, but but anyways, <laughs> all I'm saying is that you look at, which I think Celtics fans appreciate Brad Stevens. Yeah. Boston sports fans Blue collar guy. don't appreciate Brad Stevens as much as they should. And you know what? I think that this was the first time in the playoffs, because in the regular season, you're able to see what Brad Stevens can do on a night-in, night-out basis. But this is the second consecutive year, if you really think about it. That he was able to get to make a, a a tweak to his lineup and get maximum results. Results, yeah. Last year, Jarebko inserted in the starting lineup. You won the two games. At Who home. I thought was going to be in the lineup this year, Gerald instead Green, of Joe Green. No one predicted Gerald Green. No, no, no. I don't care. I don't care if you're the ultimate basketball analyst or Celtics analyst. No one said. You know what? I think Gerald Green should be in the starting lineup. So I think I I think the tables turned for two reasons. Rondo went down. Gerald Green being inserted into starting lineup and getting run and 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 take his bad shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but all I gotta say is he had more good shots than bad though. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Because right. he because Fair. he made them. Yeah. Because he made them. Not not because when he took them, but, but because uh, he made them. I, I I don't know. So huge huge momentum builder by Brad Stevens. Yeah. And now Brad Stevens has won a playoff series. First one, baby. There we go. This is the Brad Stevens. First Steven. one, baby. I mean, I don't think we're we, we didn't really talk about the fifty win plateau like too much, because I think we all expected that last year, right? But this year, yeah. we we I think we need to give credit where credit is due because a lot of us, when we we're looking at this series, when we're down two zero, you said this isn't going to happen again, man. We're they took lose it in the first round again, but they took advantage. Going back to the regular season, they took advantage of Cleveland just saying, "Yeah, we don't give a shit where we finish," but. At the same time, let's finish the one seed and let's make some noise. It's not like just finish the one seed and then and then just bow out. There's still the one seed. Despite of uh, what Isaiah is going through and essentially the team was going through the first two games. This first round legitimately felt like a a season, a full season with all the with everything that happened. It's May, pretty much. (laughs) I felt like the season, the series started the beginning of April. March. (laughs) I know, right? But do you guys really think that Ray John Rondo would have been the difference for the Chicago Bulls to win the series? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that if Rondo was in this series, that or the entire series, that the Chicago Bulls definitely win. But, I mean, they would have had a chance. But at the same time, I just feel like that switch was going to be turned on regardless when they went back to Chicago down 0-2. I'm not going to lie. I, I was 100% sure that he was going to play game six no matter what. I was too. I, I was, couldn't believe how he his hand was he feeling. He didn't. Yeah, Because I was you saw the cast go down to just a thumb thing yeah, and then the thumb been, thing go down to like... must have been that bad because he did... Um, I, I, wrote a, I wrote a piece about it. He had torn ligaments in his wrist that he was dealing with for a while. And he was like, I'm going to play through the pain. And then when the thumb injury happened... 
it made things worse for him. So I think I don't he's, think he's, it, he's right-handed. <laughs> I don't think it was just Rondo though. No, yeah, of course. I mean, well, that's the thing though. Like, the way Wade played 19 minutes. Like, what what bothers me the most about that argument is like, well. A month ago or two months ago, Ray John Rondo wasn't that guy that could decide a series, right? Oh, and no. The, and the Rondo, was, Rondo will never be his old self. Rondo will never win a series for this team. And then all of a sudden, he falls down, and out comes the naysayers saying, like, oh, well, the Celtics got lucky. We're talking the to you. The Celtics didn't have to face Rondo. We're talking to you, Bulls fans. Bulls fans, bloggers. I mean, I just feel like a lot of this has to fall on their head coach. I mean, Fred Hoiberg didn't have that locker room at all. He they never, don't believe he in him. All, he all, never no, once all had season. it. And the best chance that they had was giving the team to Ray John Rondo. That put them in a position to win those two games. And even at the end of those two games, I'd never once seen Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, any other player from the Chicago Bulls give him any credit. All they said was Ray John Rondo, Rondo yeah. was showing us film. The Ray only- John Rondo was going through the Celtics' plays. Ray John Rondo is our leader. No one gave Hoiberg any credit, and that is a problem. That is one of the biggest problems, if not the biggest problem, in Chicago. It's your head coach. You the don't o- have the right coach for that team. The only person that gave Fred Hoiberg any credit was Ray John Rondo. He was the only guy to come out and say, mm-hmm. you know, Fred put us in a good position. Yeah, yeah. He's the oh, because you know what? Yeah. Okay, he you know, did. Yeah, you know, but 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 I'm saying everybody else d- didn't like, believe that. Everyone's like, stop lying, Rajon. Right. I mean, right. look at his body language. It's been you, bro. Look at his body <laughs> yeah. language in Game Five. It wasn't yeah. Hoiberg that was yeah. up there, you know, rallying his guys. It wasn't Hoiberg that was in their faces, telling them to, you know, trying to pump them up. That was Rajon Rondo doing that. He yeah. was the one that was getting guys to buy in. So yeah. he was the one that was on his feet, you know, looking like a coach. It looked like he was the head coach. And Hoiberg one, was an he's, assistant. Next he's to the him. one complaining to the reps. Right. Hoiberg would just he would just sit down and just. Like I don't know what to do with myself right now. I feel like Hoiberg, Fred. I'm gonna call Freddie. Freddie, Freddie. I call him that on on, on Twitter. Got a good response. Yeah, go with Freddie, the oh, quote unquote mayor of maybe, Iowa. Maybe the burger. Yeah. No. Um. But he he legitimately seemed. I don't know. You always look at like maybe your nephew or something, and you realize he can't control his emotions at all. <laughs> you just like 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 you're you're at a you're at a family party and somebody brings their kid over and he's like. I just want a chocolate cake. This is ridiculous. And you're just standing there as an adult like, yo, bro, it's cake. So just eat it. Just because it's not chocolate doesn't mean the fucking world's ended. Doesn't mean it's still not cake. Nor does it mean after you drop two in a row in Chicago with a series tie that you can make these wild accusations against Isaiah Thomas. Come I feel on, like Hoiberg. Fred Hoiberg. Is Come just, again, Hoiberg. Fred Hoiberg is just a 12 year old boy. Guy's a crybaby. And then when people ask about it, look how agitated he got. Yeah. Oh, I said all I'm going to say. You can't make an okay. accusation like that without having, without expecting people to ask follow-up questions. Let's dive deep. We're diving deep. If you didn't know. I'm getting know, there, Sean. If you didn't I'm know. There. I'm if you there. didn't know. Where, uh, first of all, first of all, before you say what you're going to say, yeah. yo, for me and Sean, it is an honor and a privilege <laughs> to have this man across the table. You know what I mean? Like everything, everything, Mr. Viral, exactly. For everything and for every comment, good or bad, that's come because of what Sway asked, which was a legitimate question. Which also may be the reason why Fred Hoiberg is fired. It's a legitimate question. The best question of the playoffs. I don't give a fuck what the Memphis coach had to say because it no, wasn't it wasn't even asked but to him. The, Me- the Memphis coach was a better answer. Yeah, but it wasn't even it wasn't even there wasn't it wasn't even asked was though. A better question. But it wasn't even asked. Right. He just said like I'm gonna use this platform to defend my players and Hoyberg didn't do that. 
He Hoiberg, had a chance to defend his players. He had a chance to. You're he right. A, he had a chance to say something intelligent. He elected instead, not to. He he acted like a baby. He had an he adult acted, tantrum. He had, he had a temper tantrum yeah. over the fact that the cake wasn't chocolate, man. Exactly. That's exactly what he had. Exactly. And yet you have these Bulls fans and these you know big Bulls guys are trying to say like, no, oh, that wasn't a legitimate you know, question. You're talking no, about analysts? No, 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 no. Not even no, before I about, even get to, before I even get to analysts. Okay, okay. You talking no, about the dude from Men in Black? It's, the alien dude from Men in Black? It's is that one, who you talking about? It's one thing. Vinny Goodwill? Is that who you talking about? It's one thing to to hear that from Bulls fans who, of course, are upset because of how their head coach looked. Fair, because the Fairweather fans? Because their head coach got called out for a question for, for an accusation that he made. I mean, if you are going to accuse Isaiah Thomas for, for, for carrying the ball in game four, Probably. I need to know if he did it again in game five. Is that not a legitimate question? Mm-hmm. Am I am I in the wrong here? Am I no. what? Am I yeah. a fanboy now? No. You are. Nor nor do I need no. to. Nor do I need to be uh, no. labeled as you know a reporter in quotations by Vince Goodwill of CSN Chicago. By the way, by the way, this dude was on the um, this dude was on the um, the pregame with Abby Chin and Ashra Blakely Blakely on and, Comcast and, Sports. And, and, and it's so funny too because like it, when I'm at the game, you know, he's sitting behind me, and it's almost like it's the fidgeting, and then it's just like. Just noise, constant noise, especially in game two. Like fanboyish, like, like like fanboyish. I'm like, yeah. all right. I literally turned around like three yeah. times, and that's I, not professional, bro. I'm turning over to you know Jay King is to the left of me. I'm looking at Ace Rod. I'm like, I feel like I'm in the crowd right now. Because, shout, out, shout out to Jay King, yo. because no, I, no I, because when I when I look behind me, I, I see a reporter who's screaming and hollering because his Chicago Bulls are up by 20 points against the Boston Celtics. I'm like, wait, is, do we have a fan in the media section here? I mean, I bet is, you, I bet you, a few a few weeks ago, he didn't think the Bulls even make the playoffs. I mean, I didn't think you know, especially in Boston, you don't you don't hear reporters behaving that way. But that's beyond the point. No, he seemed like my point. My, we're professional here. My point here yeah, is, I mean, I'm, I'm not, we're I'm humble not very too. professional to put to, I mean, to, to, to I, label I, me yeah. and put reporters in quotations as if I asked some silly fanboy type question. Come on. No, but Come Sway, on, Vince. Sway. Come again, Vince. Come harder. Sway, you 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 were trying to make a name for yourself, right? <laughs> Come on. Doing my right. job. And I was I was shocked that five questions fired off to Hoiberg and not one person brought it up. Come on, Hoiberg. Come on. You're gonna, you know you're gonna was... accuse Isaiah Thomas of something like that in game four and Isaiah Thomas doesn't get called for it once in game five. You don't expect that question? Why do you think he walked away from the podium? You know he walked away because he knew there was follow up questions and he didn't want to face the music. That's why he walked that away. That and because he got lucky that he get he didn't get fined in, after game four. But you have to you have to believe that at least for the Celtics media, there was someone in there that was like, shit, why didn't I ask that question? No, this is one of those <laughs> questions where like the, this is this is and this is the thing, this is the problem with media today, is that everyone's so worried about like, am I gonna have a good relationship with this person after? I ask this question. Mm. Maybe I shouldn't ask this question. It's okay. My job is to ask questions. Your job is to answer. Exactly. I'm gonna ask the hard questions. You answer hard, and then it's a and then it then it's a respect that's built over time. Sway, you asked a great question. Hoiberg couldn't stand heat, which means he's probably not ready for this this position. Mm. You know what I mean? And let me ask you guys this: If Hoiberg doesn't walk off, do you think I'm being you know, ridiculed no, for asking a stupid question. One, one, no, no. It, people are saying that because of the reaction. I mean, yeah, I didn't. Of course. Right? It, because he walked off. I didn't know he was going to walk off. What, what did I insult Listen, his no, mother? No, no, I didn't no, say on, anything on, personal. Did it's I get it, personal with Hoiberg? Did, did, I, did I try to put him in a situation where, you know, I was offending his family? No. To the Bulls fans and the Bulls media, it was, for the most part, quote unquote, a stupid question 
an immature question because of his reaction. But like you said, if Hoyboy actually sits there and goes, you know what? No, I'm going to further clarify my point. Face the music. Or, or exactly. at least, okay, okay. He says he did answer the question. I give him credit for that. I know, but he didn't okay. further elaborate. Right. If he, well, no, the reason he walked off again is because he knew there was going to be follow-up questions to his statement. However, if Isaiah Thomas didn't carry in game five, obviously the follow-up would have been, and if no one asked it, I would have asked it myself. I would have said, what's the difference between game four and game five? How is he dribbling differently? Why, you know, why did you... Or the last seven years of what, his career. What's the difference between or, those two games? And I just find it funny that you bring this up after you after the Chicago Bulls dropped two. You didn't bring this up after game one and game two because last time I checked, Isaiah Thomas was dribbling the ball the exact same way throughout the entire series. He scored 33 points in, in game one. And I don't think anyone's... And he drove to the basket plenty. So, so, so Hoiberg, it's, it's not a problem when your team is winning. But when they're losing, <laughs> then he's carrying the ball. I got no, you. No, okay, he's, he's okay, Fred. He's impossible to guard. Additionally, and most importantly, um, Fred Hoiberg coaches the player in the NBA who does this the most. Dwayne Wade has conquered the carrying, the carrying championship every single year he's been in the league. Mm. That's his thing. Is he does that quick post? You know, right from the three point, he's not going to shoot the three. He does that right at the three-point line every single time he drives in. Every single time. And never gets called for it. Has anybody ever complained about Dwayne Wade carrying? Honestly. Maybe in his earlier years, but from the last, what, seven, eight, nine years? No. My guess is that nobody complains about carrying in a post-game press conference because it's so prevalent through the league that that. you know people on your team are carrying. So if, if if I know that... If if I if I'm coaching LeBron James, right? And I see a guy on the other team, like let's say I'm coaching LeBron James, it's it's Cavs versus Rockets. And I see James Harden taking four steps before he gets to the gets to the hole. That's different. You can't say shit. You can't say shit as the coach of the, of LeBron James because LeBron James takes five steps to get to the hole. You know what I mean? Like that, that's when, the same. And it's when almost like it's almost like it's almost it, like he does it on purpose, and then he gets it, it's it's a shocking thing well, when he even, gets called for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not even saying that, but I'm just saying you can't you can't have someone on your team that does this every time they have the ball, and you're gonna call out the opposing team for doing the same thing your team does all the time, but no one says anything because everyone has someone on the team who does it. He's just it's baffled. Horberg Horberg was just baffled for the fact Horberg that... Horberg just sucks, man. No, I know, but he was just baffled at the fact that no matter how many times they double-teamed him, even triple-teamed him at times, that Isaiah was able to cut through It's impossible the to stop big him. Trees. Right, that's what he said. It's impossible yeah, it's to stop It's impossible to stop him. But there has to be a reason why it's impossible to stop, stop there. Right. How about you just stop there, Fred, and say it's impossible to stop? That's him. it. That's it. We're not. We're not homers here. We're looking at. Yeah. We're watching games. No, 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 no. For real. No, <laughs> we're I'm watching dead these serious. games. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm, we're dead ass here. I, we're watching these games and si- no, but we're watching these games and seriously, seven years of Isaiah being in the league. Who has ever said he's been in the league for seven years? Yes, seven years. It's never. That's never been brought up to anybody's attention. Or because he's killing you, and you have no answer for him because Rondo's out. Oh, he had an answer. It was Isaiah Cannon. <laughs> that's a great answer. You mean the guy that was in street clothes for the first three games? That's like going that on guy. A, that's like going on a multiple choice question A through D, and you just you just write in E. Like that's what he did. All of the above. Oh, <laughs> everything. That's insane. 
I mean, it's one thing to hear from these fans, but from to, to hear from someone like that. I but mean, Vincent, Vincent, though. Vincent Goodwin. I mean, someone someone Vincent. well respected. Nah, man, Yo, hold on, hold on, hold on, Vincent. It's Vincent. incredible. No, real, real, no, no real talk. Say his name. Vincent, you want to come on our show? You want to defend your comments? Please do, because it's easy to it's easy to to have you know Twitter fingers and say whatever you want to say on Twitter and think that you know no one's going to respond. Be our guest. Seriously, I'm, I'm being. It's, this is this is a this nah, is a this is a this is an invite. Time. This is probably waste time. No, no, no. I'm just saying this is this scared. is a, this is a legit invite from Causeway Street Blog, from Causeway Street Podcast. Like we're we're well known here in Boston. All right, we're well known here. We're not we're not a little. We're not trying to get our names out there because who are you, Vincent? I didn't know who, who you were until you started talking. Still, you started. Fidgeting. Until you started chirping. Still, you started fidgeting to quote, next to Abby Chin. To quote, you know, Tommy Heisen. Until you started chirping, I didn't know who you were. All right, so. It's a legit, it's a legit invitation to Mr. Vincent out in Chicago, who's uh, who has to watch no. the Cubs now, or or or, Man, or the no. White Sox. I don't know who the hell you're a fan no. of out there. I don't think we really want to talk to him. I mean, the Bulls. No, are I do. Why do we care? No, I do. Why not? I love we to do. have him. I do. Oh, I want to talk. Uh, to him. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a separate. I mean, episode. the Bulls are on vacation. I don't know if you got time to spare, but I would. I would love ten minutes of your time, Vincent Goodwill, to have you on here. I mean. Defend, I'm just, uh, defend your um, comments. Defend your comments. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, Fred Hoiberg opens this can of worms, and all of a sudden, what? What? what am, I, am I a fanboy now? All at, of a, no, at the same time? All, come of, on, a sudden, all of a sudden, this way. All of a sudden, I'm doing, I, might, I might be the new kid on the block, but I'm, I'm, that's a legit question. I'm a reporter. I'm doing my job. Come on. You had, you had a smirk on your face. Come on, Vince. Come again. You were me once upon a time, Vince. Sway, you had a, you you had me. a, Sway, you had a smirk on your face, Sway, that no one saw on TV. <laughs> that's funny. I didn't see a smirk on my face. <laughs> I didn't. I don't think anyone saw a smirk on my face. Maybe afterwards when... When Hoiberg walked away, yeah, there's a little smirk because I was sort of thinking to myself, wow, he really just walked away right now. Did I expect it to go viral? Not necessarily. Come on. I thought sh- I'd see it in some places here and there. But at the same time, look, the question was legitimate. I'm doing my job. That's, Vince, all, that's all I'm doing. Vince of Comcast Sports out in Chicago, come on the show and defend you being a fanboy in the garden where plenty of fans and media members saw you going crazy fanboy every time. Right the Bulls took a lead. I really don't deny it. I mean, don't deny it, Vince. He didn't say it flat out, but to me, it's like he's trying to sound. He's trying to put me in a place with like uh, fanboy slash fake reporters. I mean, you put reporter in question marks. That's what I'm. Or excuse me, in quotations, quotation marks. Yep. In quotations, that's what I'm taking from that. So no, no, no. Don't get it twisted, Vince. That's that's not who I am. I'm up and coming reporter. I'm doing my job. And CausewayStreetBlog.com, WWEI.com. I mean, of, of all, it's just, I just thought it was funny. Of all people, you know, in that media section, I'm just thinking to myself, like, who, like, this guy is just so loud. And say, what, if that's his thing, that's his thing. I'm just really surprised because you don't see that in Boston. A lot of veteran reporters, you don't hear a lot of noise. This guy's chirping the, the entire game, too, especially, whatever. All that aside, I just think it's, it's baffling to me that most of these media members from Chicago, aren't pulling Fred Hoiberg's card. I mean, do you, so, I, I honestly want to know. I mean, maybe, maybe I can get a response from someone from the Chicago area. I want to know how many of you guys really want to see Fred Hoiberg as your, as the Chicago Bulls head coach next season. Like how many of you really believe that Fred Hoiberg can lead this team to another playoff run with the way this team is currently constituted? I mean, even with a healthy Rondo and a Dwayne Wade and a Jimmy Butler, if you let Rondo run the team the way he did in game one and two, that team is good enough to be a seven or six seed. I mean, Fred Hoiberg is the biggest reason why the Chicago Bulls squeezed into the playoffs. And at the same time, he's the same reason that I think the the rest of the guys couldn't rally behind their head coach after 
uh, Rondo went down. I mean, he's the biggest reason. He's your biggest problem. All right. Yet I'm the one who's asking a dumb question. Okay. You're not. All right. Let's move on. And, 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 and for the record, too, I mean, you didn't you didn't see my smile. Come on. Come on, Vince. You can't just throw that in there as if you were sitting next to me or, or you were staring at me as I was asking the question because that's not true. But either way, you can just put that either way, the Celtics move on. Um, trying to put this man, today, by the talk way. about the type of momentum that you want to see from the Celtics team heading into a very, very tough matchup against the Washington Wizards. I Every Celtics fan was waiting for this. I got to be honest with you guys. This I mean, is what's going to happen. I, I know this the 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 series the season series was split between these two teams but at the end of the day i just don't like this matchup for the boston celtics i mean this is the kind of momentum you want to see for the celtics heading into this series playing a team like the washington wizards and we'll spend a few you know a few minutes on it before we uh we get into in case you missed it because i mean there's just only so much you can say i mean this is the type of series that's going to change so much game after game this is going to be a chess match between these two coaches and i can't wait to see how it all plays out but um guys just Real quick, your initial uh, thoughts on this series. My initial thoughts is the front court is going to be very important for the Celtics. I think Al Horford has to step up big time. I mean, I, I alluded to it earlier. Game five, to see every Bradley, Isaiah Thomas, and Al Horford combined for 69 points. I mean, that's the recipe for success for this team. And whether you like the three-point ball or not, they're going to need those to fall because that's just part of their formula of success now. That's part of the recipe. So with that being said, how do you feel about this series? Can the Wizards prevent the Celtics from knocking down threes? Can they slow Al Horford? Can Bradley Beal and John Wall completely destroy the backcourt of the Celtics? Because let's face it, I can't think of a team in, in the East that has a better defending backcourt than the Boston Celtics. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. First of all, um, fuck the Hawks for not. No, I'm just kidding. I was gonna say you really thought the <laughs> Atlanta Hawks are knock out the Wizards. No, no, I wasn't, no, I wasn't saying about knocking them off. I just wanted, I wanted that that one extra day of rest for the Celtics. You know, they like forcing in Game Seven, but um, the Hawks played well. I'm, I'm, I'll, you know, I'll just leave it at that. They played well. Uh, Washington, when it comes to those two guys, Bradley Beal and John Wall, if they're not on, Washington's not winning that game. You know what I mean? So I saw that against the Hawks. And it's hard for for the Wizards to put back to back good games together. So, and that's coming from when they played the, the Hawks against a team that's they defend the perimeter decently. But look at Avery, Avery Bradley, what he's been doing. Look at Marcus Smart, what he's been doing. Look at Jay Crowder defensively, right? Just just those three guys defensively. You know, you know, we 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 knock Fred Hoiberg. So but, so just that he, alone, you like your chances, alone. right? That, that's why I think just the front alone. court is so important. Yeah. Now nah, here we go. So hold on. All right. Fine. Jeez. I'll give I'll give Fred Hoiberg. <laughs> Joe's like, hold on. <laughs> I'll give Fred Hoiberg credit where credit is due. He recognized those <laughs> no, three guys. Stop, 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 he recognized stop. those three guys as There's no credit for Fred Hoiberg. Here. No, that just just that though. There's, he gave credit to those three guys as saying that they're. Three of the league's best perimeter defenders. Okay, and that's why. Th- that's I, it. I will give him credit for nothing else. That's why. That's why the Celtics have an advantage in this series, and that's why I think the Celtics exactly. are going to win in seven. Is that the Wizards? Oh, you're best, seven, huh? The Wizard. Yep. The yep. Oh, I say oh, six. Yeah, this goes seven. I say this six. goes seven just because there's bad blood all over, man. I think it's going to be two, two after four, and it's going to be best of three, and it's going to be battle. But I think what you're going to find is the um, Celtics. 
are geared and are created to defend guards. Good. They got Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, and Jay Crowder who can all defend uh, John Wall and Bradley Beal. So I think that like if you're looking at a team that's guard heavy that you're going to go up against, the Celtics are built for that. That's what they've been built for. I don't think there's no, any team that's guard heavier than the Wizards. Uh, well, exactly. Yeah. There, no, there's. I don't think there is. There isn't. There isn't. That's <laughs> no. what I'm saying. Yeah. No, there. Well, but maybe maybe Portland. Maybe. Yeah, Portland. but that's not West though. We're talking right. about the East. Right. Do you Portland. Think, Portland's wait. sitting at home watching watching the rest of the playoffs. Hold on. Something just came to my mind. If Portland was in the East, are they a three seed? No, because they barely won forty games. They would I be mean, in the middle I of the mean, pack. They would probably if be they like, were in the East. I'm saying they, they, they would they probably won. be. They would probably be like six. Chicago, Chicago won 41 games. They'd be battling for that eighth spot. No, but I'm saying if the their schedule would be different, so they, you know what I mean? No, not the way they played this year. Other years, I wouldn't. I, I'd say like, damn, it was messed up that Lillard didn't make the All Star team. But this year, I think it was it was right. fitting him not making the All Star team. All right. Well, I mean, I mean, I I seriously think that yes, maybe you know what, the Wizards are such a back court heavy team and they have a, they have Gortat obviously on the front line but I would take any Celtics Don't player about their bench well I'm saying on the front court I would take Al Horford over anybody on their team well that's what the, that's one thing the Celtics have in their favor and that's why I think he's going to be so important in yes. the series for the Celtics however have we seen Washington's backcourt performed this well. I mean, they're on fire. I, I mean, mean, I know I, it's the opening round. How long is round. that gonna last? How long is that gonna last, though? It could last a while. I don't know, I man. Don't know, man. Let's Bradley, be honest. Let's be honest, though. Let's Bradley be Beal. This is my biggest concern because this isn't Bradley Beal. is very, he's very fragile. Listen, guys, this isn't he's very streaky. Too. This isn't a, a, a backcourt or a team overall that is just sort of peaked in the last year or so. This is a team that's been striving to make the Eastern Conference Finals but wait a since minute. 2013. But wait a These minute. guys are battle-tested. No, These guys are. have been through How are they you not battle-tested? You think battle they're battle-tested? Absolutely. They didn't make the playoffs last year, yeah. right? When okay, what, ha- what happened in the year when they had Paul Pierce? They were, what, saying, a game but, away from yeah, making but, the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, but that was, John Wall was out. Paul Pierce was the one that got him. Okay, well, yeah. well, John Wall's not out this time around. Yeah, and Bradley John, Beal. Wall, John Wall just finished his best regular season he's had of his career. I know. Bradley Beal's playing yeah. as if he's – this is the best we've ever seen Bradley Beal. you trying to tell me about how John Wall's the top – like one of the best point guys in the league. <laughs> I wasn't league. gonna go there, but you see, I should be preaching to the choir right now. No, but I, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is though, and that's your boy. I love John Wall, but all I'm saying is, is that the Celtics have geared up to guard against this type of team. So if you trust Danny Ainge and you trust Brad Stevens and you trust Bradley, you trust Smart, you trust Crowder, you trust Rozier, those guys are the guys that are gonna win you this series. It doesn't matter what happens on the front line because the Celtics have shown. They can beat a team by be- when being out rebounded, even though it's ugly yeah. and it's awful. No, they, it, it, it's gonna, it's gonna be very lopsided. No, 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 so, no, yeah. no, no. If they keep the battle on the glass close, whether they're losing it or not, I don't think it might, it might uh, be close uh, in this one. Other than Gortat, really? That's what I'm saying. Really, other than Gortat, who? who who do they have on the front line? That was Gortat's going to average probably 12 rebounds. Markeith Morris has proven that he's he can be a very tough cover down low in terms of rebounding, in terms of defending, and then you you forget about what he can do offensively. I mean, this guy can score for you as well. I mean, overall, I just don't like the matchup between these two teams, and I oh for the Celtics, of course, and I think the Washington Wizards. I don't know, man. I just feel like with everything that's happened throughout the regular season, these guys are fueled. These guys are sort of maybe not destined, but they are on a they, mission. They're on a mission. They, they've right. been through this stuff before. 
Whereas the Celtics, a lot of these guys, they haven't even seen the second round. They've never seen the second round besides let me, Al Horford. Let me, uh, let me tell Al you. Horford and Avery Bradley are the only two people in the Celtics that have, that have been past the first round. Let me tell you about the matchup that has to go the Celtics. Celtics' way. Okay. The bench. Mm. Right? You got, for the Wizards, you got Gradmanovich. No, you didn't Trump. say that right. Did I say it right? Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. Him, you got <laughs> Brandon Jennings, and you got... There's one more guy. I can't remember right now. No. Um, All right, Ubre. We'll go with Ubre. I'll tell you my biggest Ubre Jr. I'll tell you my my biggest Hold on, hold on, but those those three guys, right? Versus Olenek. Smart. Smart Rozier. and Rosier. Okay. I watch Repco too. It's gonna be I know, but he's like he's more like I'm I gotta go a little bit further down the bench. But okay. those three guys versus the other three guys I just mentioned for Let the Wizards have to keep the momentum going that they've had in the last three games. Let me tell you what I'm worried about. Auto Porter, Jr. Auto Porter, yes, I knew. Auto Porter Junior. When, when, but that's, but that's, that's, that's no. their main. That's their main. That's their. He's I, a starter. I, I know, but when he plays, and he's on, the the Wizards won what three three. That's Crowder's job. Three games, three games out of the four this year. No, two and two. Two and two. Yeah, that's Crowder's when, job. But but when so Porter Porter is not a good NBA player. I'd love him at Georgetown, and I actually want the Celtics to draft him when he he's came out. He's good against the Celtics. He's we'll, great we'll, against the Celtics. We'll just leave it at that. So I'm worried about Porter. That's that, that my number one thing is I'm not worried about Bradley Beal. I'm not worried about John Wall because I know that they're going to be. Yeah, I'm can, worried about those other guys, like you just said. It's, it's Otto Porter because guess what? Crowder, good, great defender. When he has to defend length, he doesn't do that great. Like Otto Porter is a lanky dude. Well, look for look for Smart, then probably guard him a little bit as well. Well, yes, Smart guards length well, but also Smart is going to have to go against Beeler, Beeler Wall. The composure and the the grittiness that I saw Olenek, and I've never put those words in the same sentence together when it comes to Kelly Olenek in game in games five and six. We need to see that throughout the series against the Wizards. Exactly, exactly. But okay, so let let let's go into this real quick. Predictions. Oh, you want to do oh, predictions? Well, you said in seven. You said Celtics in I got, seven? I got Celtics in seven. Which Sorry, is, what do you got? Have you ever heard me claim a seven-game series before? No. Ever. That's usually, to you, that, that's usually like someone that's on the fence. That that How them balls feel. I just feel like, no, I feel like I, I'm very confident the Celtics will win. A- every game will be decided between four and six points. Every single game. No. Zero, uh, one and six points. I feel like this one game the Celtics will blow them out. Nope, I think every single game. All right, I got the Celtics in six points. I got the Celtics in six because I feel like there's that one game that the Celtics will just legitimately blow them out. Mm. Could be even game six. Mm, I'm with <laughs> yeah. Sean, I'm with Sean here. No blowouts. I don't think we see any blowouts. If we do see a blowout, it's probably gonna be at the hands of the the Wizards. I hate to say it. Oh fellas. wow. Yep. Get the fuck out of here. Yo, Sway. Who do you got? I know you said seven, but who do you got? Mr. Reliable himself. I think I'm going to get this one to the Wizards, guys. I think Jesus. the Wizards are going to take this one, man. Look, what? You guys don't think they're battle-tested. I think that what? I think that backcourt's been through a lot, and I think that at the end of the day, I mean, look, I think you could flip a coin, and whoever, whichever team faces, you know, is, is showing is going to probably win the series. That's how close it's going to be. But if I had to pick which team is going to be the winner – after you flip that coin, I'm picking the Wizards. Look, the Wizards. Even in Game 7 at the Garden? Even in Game 7 at the Garden. Wow. I mean, what? They've proven 
they've proven themselves, haven't they? You don't think this Wizards team is that I talented think, to beat the Celtics on, on their think, own floor? I think that prediction is the reason why Vince is going to accept our invitation. Well, he's gonna he's gonna realize that I'm not a homer. Yeah, I'm not a homer. I'm a reporter, yeah. man. Yeah, man. Look, listen, I could be wrong. It's gonna be that close. But if I had to pick one, if I was a betting man, I'm going with the Wizards in seven. That's my prediction. But look, Damn. let it be known though. Again, to repeat myself, it's going to be a very entertaining series, and I cannot wait to see the Garden rocking on Sunday. I can't wait to see the Garden rocking on Tuesday. I do think that they will split those two games, whether the Southern's win game one or game two. I don't see them winning both. Either way. If you haven't been to the Garden in the playoffs, you are missing out. I'm telling you because the the way the, the atmosphere, the uh, the the excitement, it's it's unreal. I mean, if you've been to a regular season game, you have not seen the Garden when it's the playoffs. It's a whole nother level. And the best way to do that, if you haven't already, is to download the SeatGeek app, guys. I mean, the the SeatGeek app not only gives you the best prices, but it also is the easiest way to get yourself some tickets. Head over to the SeatGeek app, download it on your phone. Make sure you head over to the settings tab and enter the promo code Causeway to get yourself a $20 rebate off your first purchase. So on top of those savings, you can save yourself 20 bucks by downloading this app and getting yourself the best deals around when it comes to buying Boston Celtics tickets. 20 bucks, dude? $20 rebate. All you have to do is download the app, go to the settings tab, enter the promo code Causeway and get yourself that discount. And trust me, it'll be worth it. Win or lose, you'll have yourself a good time at the garden. Play Anna, out basketball. Anna, get on that. We need to see you at the Garden. You know what? She might even be there. Yeah, you man. You could even see Anna there because Anna said that she wouldn't be there for the first round, but she would try to make it after that. We got to hit her up for the second round. Yeah, we do. We do. You know what? Anna's been uh, very entertained, to say the least. What she said with the the the, uh, the Denzel Wa- uh, Valentine. I was going to say Denzel Washington. in case you missed it? No, no, we can, we can talk about that. Oh, no, Sean, because you were making a face. So I thought that no, 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 that no, no, I, just, I just laughed at it. I mean, Den- <laughs> the, the Denzel Valentine tweet was hilarious. You guys should check that out if you haven't already on the Cosby Street Twitter. She retweeted us because he wears number 45 and he uh, chucked up an air ball in garbage time. And I said, Jordan would be very upset. He did wear that number. He did. They should have retired both. And uh, Anna said. They should have retired the number 12 that he wore that one game. Anna said, I know that guy. He sucks. <laughs> Love it, and she. And, and, My uh, guess, she, so, she elaborated on that too. Yeah, it wasn't so, just that. So he came to a party and was all fucked up, and probably. I mean, I mean, if you I don't, mean, if you don't want people to go to our Twitter, then okay, go ahead and explain the story. Let's just insinuate. <laughs> let's just insinuate. Let's just insinuate. Denzel Valentine probably came over. You come through to a party. You get invited to a party. Like I don't want to go alone. I got to bring my boy. And he just ruins everything for you. <laughs> what could right. have been Denzel? What could have been? <laughs> all right, Joel. What did we miss? Let's get into it. In case you missed it. In case you missed it. Celtics, obviously, advances to the second round of playoffs for the first time since 2012. Bow, bow, bow. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be the fourth time do, do, do. in playoff history that the Celtics will be facing the Bullets. I'm sorry. I mean the Wizards. What are you, fucking 70? What are you, who are you, <laughs> Gilbert Arenas? I'm sorry. I was, you know, Charles always calls on the Bullets, so. I'm going to go with Charles. Oh, yeah. Joel is uh, Charles Barkley's spirit. On this podcast, pretty much. Spirit. What is it? Spirit brother? No, nah, he's just he's just my idol. Mm. One of my idols. That was Joel's favorite player growing up. Believe I know. Around. Yeah. So the first time that the, uh, the Bullets slash Wizards played the Celtics was in the 1975 Eastern Conference Finals. Washington won 4-2. 1982, the Celtics won in the Eastern uh, Semis 4-1. Sounds and familiar. And in 84, Celtics won the first round 3-1, to one, baby. I think it's funny that the Celtics 
were able to avoid the Wizards all of the 2000s because, you know, early, you know, Karan Butler. Yeah, 2008. Gilbert Arenas. Michael, Michael Jordan. Do you remember? You guys remember? Oh. You guys remember 2008 when they they won the season series against the Celtics and they yeah. almost faced them yep. instead that's of the it. Atlanta Hawks. That's the only team that beat the Celtics more than once. Yeah. And they yeah. almost faced them in the, against, instead yeah. of the Atlanta Hawks, which is the team that brought them to seven games. They almost faced the Wizards and. That was, some, that was a bit of a scare if, if they were to, to face them because who knows? Who knows if they would have beat them or not? No, they kept they kept running into the to LeBron and the Cavs. Yeah, yeah. And Arenas well, couldn't, couldn't I, beat them. I mean that team that team though with um uh oh, it's Karan Butler, Gilbert Arenas, and who was the who was Larry the big Hughes? Dude? No, the big dude, not the, oh, oh uh, the big dude, Anton Jameson. Antoine Jameson. Jameson, man. He was a beast, dude, on on, on those teams. No, he was. He was. I thought he was going to give the Cavaliers the push they needed to get to the NBA Finals in 2010. So so much so that the analysts said that in a a, uh, battle between him and and Kevin Garnett, well, there's no question that Antoine Jameson was a better (laughs) player. See how that worked out, right? Yeah, Antoine Jameson from North Carolina. North Carolina. Love those teams. Traded for Vince Carter. Yep. 1998. What else we missed? In case you missed it, after game five, as if Hoiberg and the Bulls didn't need more salt in the wound, especially after uh, Sway's infamous question. That was a bad question, by the way. Apparently, Awful question. there was no running hot water for the Chicago locker room at the Garden. Maybe the ghost of Red Auerbach was in the building, guys? Or he, maybe, was, he was laughing at these, at yeah. these guys, probably. You know what I think it is? I think it's more of a players on the opposite team know these rumors and they just say it now. It's sort of mm. like the whole Mike Tomlin saying that Bill Belichick infested their headsets <laughs> with the radio broadcast. Like, did that actually happen? Yeah, or was that true. just Mike Tomlin just saying, <laughs> I can't beat Bill Belichick? Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that was brought up on uh, NBA TV and uh, Isaiah Thomas, old school Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. was like, quote, they're still doing that up there in Boston? End quote. <laughs> Did he say something? He was about that life. He, he remembers that. He remembers yeah. that. Cold showers. I think for the Wizards, especially in the first two games of this series, there's going to be plenty of cold showers. They better get two. ready for those golden showers, if you know what I mean. Oh, damn. You want to go there, but. I didn't mean it. <laughs> I didn't mean it. In case you missed it, uh, Dwayne Wade, who has a uh, 23.8 mil option for next season, says he's going to weigh out his summer options before he decides if he's going to come back to the Bulls There's no next way, season. There's no way he comes back if they blow it up. Mr. Dwayne Wade turns 36 next season. My guess is that he will forfeit the money. I mean, he made 23 mil last year. I think he made more last year, but yeah. No, 27 mil last yeah. year. Because a $50 million contract. Was it? Or was it like 48? Well, anyway. 50. Okay. So my guess is that he will join, a, join LeBron. Really? He'll be a Cav next year. Even if even if Brown Brown wins it this year, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Brown uh, Brown ain't winning it this year. <laughs> he won't even make it that far, right? Mm-hmm. Not getting to the finals. What I tell you, you can't make it seven consecutive. I times. mean, out of all years, this should be the year that you can you can knock him out. In case you missed it, Larry Bird has stepped down as the president of the uh, Indiana Pacers after 14 seasons, where he drafted the likes of Danny Granger in '05. Yeah, what could have been with Danny Granger, man? Paul George in 2010. Mm-hmm. Oh, and guess what? He he drafted Kawhi Leonard in 2011 before he decided to trade him and his draft rights to the San Antonio Spurs for George Hill. This coming on, you know, coming a couple of days after the Pacers got swept by the Cleveland LeBrons for yeah, I, I, zip. 
That sweep, though, that was that you can't. I, I don't think you should justify it as a sweep. The Pacers were in pretty much every single game. But I mean, when you're up by 26, you're supposed to win that game. They still lost. I know what I'm saying. But they were in every game. I don't know. I think the Pacers just, you know, obviously caught a bad matchup. I think if the, if you were looking at a Pacers Celtic series, it'd be different. If you were looking at a Pacers Raptors series, it'd be different. They just they well, just caught the caught the Cavs. That sucks. I mean, you know the roster that they had. They should have been in the top half. Yeah. of the Eastern Conference. They should have been playing the. They should have been playing the Pacers. Yeah. Wait. Wait. What? Mm, I'm thinking about that one. Okay. <laughs> Larry Bird is the only person in NBA history to be named league MVP as a player, obviously. Coach of the year and executive of the year. So good luck to Larry Legend. I'm looking forward to that um that thirty for thirty on the Celtics and Lakers in June. Uh, in case you missed it, this guy, man, Glenn Big Baby Davis back in the NBA headlines. Again. Talking to Fox Sports once again about the likes of Doc Rivers, CP3. Talking about that it's time to blow it up and mm-hmm. that CP3 is not on LeBron James' level. Mm. Talking about that, he, he called it that, you know, CP3 is all about himself. I got a little clip. Y'all didn't want to believe me when I told y'all about the Doc episode and what's going on over there. What's can, going on over we there? We can see it. What what can you see? We can we can see a dysfunctional team. And you're blaming Chris Paul. Not Chris Paul all the way. The reason why I say that is because he is the leader. And the owner, the president, the coach, the point guard, and the player, the point guard. Right. And your job as the point guard is to get everybody to love each other. It's not working. We know that from the jump that Blake and Chris don't like each other. What about De- DeAndre Jordan? De- you know him. He's not happy. You, you you talk about this stuff when you wanted him to come back. Oh, we want you to come back, DeAndre. We're going to give you the ball. But the man has. What six shots? Eight shots? What twenty-one million dollars? You gotta, you you gotta get DeAndre involved, engaged. I, I leave that up to Chris and the coach, and it's not working. Time it's, to time to blow that thing up. So he was just shitting all over Mr. State Farm. He also gave props to uh, Rajon Rondo and what he what he was able to do in the first two games against the Celtics, and that if he had to choose playing with Rajon Rondo or CP3, he choose Rajon Rondo. Check out the clip. He made it easy for me because of his skill level and then the way he policed. You're smart. He's a he's a very bright guy, but bright people can be. The word on him is: you tell me you don't like Chris Paul, who's difficult. Well, Rondo's difficult. You like him? Yeah, but at the same time, he rubs his players the right way. I love I love playing for Rondo because guess what? If I miss that shot, shoot it again, big fella. He gave me so much confidence, and that made me want to go over and beyond for him. And that's the difference between Rondo and CP. CP doesn't say that. Mm-mm. No. What'd he say? He dribble, 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 wait for the pass. Okay, 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 we're going to pass. Now shoot it. You know what I mean? So it, you, that, like, you like playing with Rondo more than Chris oh Paul. Oh, my gosh. Rondo got me an extra couple of years in the league because he passed me the ball a lot. I don't know, guys. What do you think? Is it time for Doc to blow it up? One thousand percent, yes. Is it time for Doc to leave LA? That's another question that was asked to uh, Big Baby Davis, and he says yes. It's time for Doc to go. I think personally, I think Doc should just stay as the head coach and mm. let someone else come in and make the personnel changes. Well, if he did that, they wouldn't have DeAndre Jordan right now. 
That's not true because there was everyone else involved, including Paul Pierce, that got him uh, to come back. I just I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, I think Doc is has Doc has run his course in L.A. I mean, you you think about it as both coach and or just coach both. I think okay. I think Doc just needs a new start. I think Doc needs to go coach the Bucks and take him to the finals. Not nah, man, Jason Kidd ain't leaving anytime soon, bro. He should be. I don't think the answer is to get rid of Doc. I just think the biggest problem is that this core has, has ran his courts. I mean, the difference between this core, oh, amongst a lot of differences, but one of the biggest differences between Doc not letting go of this core and what he did in Boston is that he didn't have someone like Danny Ainge to say, I'm letting this core go whether you like it or not. He's the one calling the shots, so he's never going to let it go. Let's face it. If Doc Rivers was still in, if Doc Rivers was in that position that Danny Ainge was in back in 2013, he would have never pulled off that trade. He would have still been trying to get Paul Pierce and Garnett help that's to, a, that's to like, keep making runs. That's like a minute you failed. If if you, something if like you that, I, I just yeah, think Doc doesn't. Doc doesn't know when to quit, and that's just a, the spirit of competition that he has in him. He even said on record well, in 2013 that he would. On. He knew when to quit when it came to Boston. No. no, he man. quit because they, they they traded his core. Yeah, he didn't want to go through a rebuild. Man. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He knew when to quit then. Okay, yeah, true. But when he comes to, when he likes a core, when but he they, likes a core of guys, which, of course, he loved in the, with the Clippers, he loves Chris Paul. He's always been a big fan of Chris Paul. He's always been a big fan of what the, the potential that the Clippers had. And he's he's never going to to succumb to the pressure of trading those guys. In his mind, he's like, if I can get a bunch of, what is it? What were they? Over 30 or 31, 32 at the time. If I can Just like, get, like veteran I, presence. Veteran presence. If I can bring a ring between guys like that, why can't I get that from a bunch of 20-something-year-olds? Mine is, what, Chris Paul. What's Chris Paul now? He's, he's, 30? he's up there. I think he's 30. 30? 31? He's the only one. I mean, in his mind, he's like, Blake Griffin's on the 30. You know, uh, JJ's on the 30. They can re-sign him. You know, the rest of the guys, this is a, this is a fairly young team. So in his mind, he's thinking to himself, I can get the most out of this guys. I just need to get them help. And that's exactly the same mindset he had back in 2013 when he was trying to find role players Wait. to help his aging veteran. No, I mean, back in that in that in 2013, Ainge gave him that that choice. Like, look, this is where we're heading. If you're on board, let's go. If not, I will give you options I to got, go somewhere. I, I got no, no, I got Brad Stevens over here. I'm going to want to talk to him. I don't think that's how it went. I think it went. I think it went. Doc probably said like in 2011, was like, "Hey, I know this is coming to an end. I want a championship for you. You better let me know when there's going to be a rebuild. And he's on the five year extension after 2010. Right. That's what I, that's what I mean. Though he probably said probably part of that extension was like as if there is a if this comes to a halt and you don't want to rebuild, you better ship me out of town. And that's a, I, that's exactly what I think happened. Weird question. I don't think it's really talked about that much. Mm-hmm. If Doc had stayed, would the Celtics be in the second round of the playoffs right now? I mean that's. This is five years later, though. I'm just saying, there's a rebuild, though. <laughs> I don't think Doc would have lasted, you know. Well, it's not five years; it's four years. Okay, I don't think Doc would have lasted four more years. That's what I mean. Would this team yeah. be be here right now? Would he have gotten what what Brad has got out in the players? That's weird because it's, it's you don't know who who Ainge would have gotten. I don't know if he would have because I just feel like most coaches, most great coaches, they reach a point where they're like. They can't go through a rebuild. They can't go backwards. Like he, he did Popovich, that. Popovich, Phil yep. Jackson. Yep. I mean, they don't do that. Yeah. You know, Phil Jackson kind of did it for what? A couple of years? And then they were right back when they made that Paul Gasol trade, you yeah. know? 
When, when it comes it like one year. No, I don't. Yeah, one think, year, right? I think Phil Jackson they had one bad year. When no, you think Phil about Jackson didn't. And Phil they still Jackson made the playoffs. Retire, and then he came. And back. then he came back. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Well, yeah, yeah you're right. Saw, he he retired. Back. He retired after they lost to the Pistons, and right. then he came back a year later mm-hmm. from the that season where the Lakers didn't make the playoffs, mm-hmm. and he was like, "All right, let's try this again." And they made the playoffs. They beat the Suns in the first round. Got shitted on in the second round, and then, then like you said, Paul Gasol. Lamar Odom, right. et cetera, et cetera. Greg, Greg Popovich. Yeah. guy's been relevant for the last 17 yeah. years. I mean, you know, th- these yeah. these coaches, I feel like they've reached a certain point where they're done doing that yeah. phase of their coaching career. Yeah. Doc Rivers did that in Orlando. He did that in Boston for mm-hmm. a handful of years before he got Garnett and Ray Allen. He's not going to go backwards. I just think that a lot of these coaches, they've reached that point in their career where they just can't do that. They can't be that motivator to deal with no, know, that, a bunch they, of 22, 23, 24-year-olds yeah. like they used to. They, Especially after you get a ring. You, you don't. I just don't think you go yeah. backwards in the NBA if you're a coach. No, he's, he's proven that he's paid his dues. Right. That's what it is, I think. He's revered as one of the best coaches in the NBA. So I just don't think that it would have panned out the way you expected. The way it has panned out with Brad Stevens, it wouldn't have been the same results, I don't think. In case you missed it. Um, if you didn't notice before the end of game six between the Celtics and Bulls, Isaiah Thomas went to the locker room before the game officially ended. He was slated to travel to the state of Washington to bury his sister, China Thomas. I mean, I don't know how he, how he's, how he's been doing it this whole series. But All I got to say is, you know, it's just, it's inspirational. Really. I don't, I don't, yeah. I got no words. Yep. I mean, obviously, you you send your thoughts and prayers out to Isaiah. This 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 time, the Thomas family. family. I mean, yep. it's crazy. I mean, how he got through one series without you know this type of closure is crazy. But you know, I mean, I it's it's a miraculous performance by Isaiah Thomas, and it really. I mean, we're not going to know the scope of it until the end of this run. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to sit back and, and I'm sure he isn't either. You know. When you look at it and you say he's going through all of this and still being able to to lead the team to play basketball. Yes. To, <laughs> to get out on the court, you know, yeah. that, that is just nuts. So, yeah, great job, you know, bringing that up, Joel. I mean, that's that's something we definitely got to think about. We're looking at game 1, which is no no rest and all of a sudden now we have to deal with that. So, it's crazy. But the thing about the Celtics though, throughout the regular season, I feel like they would play better when they had limited rest, right? It was almost as if they, when they had like 3 or 4 days off, that's when they typically put up a dud. Um obviously, there's no love lost between these two teams, so that alone is going to, I think, uh, play a part in this series. Either way, I can't wait. This is going to be fun. This, in case you missed it, is brought to you by CLNS. The CLNS Radio on the best. mobile app. You can download that on your Apple device or Android for the best sports coverage, especially in Boston. And you can listen to the Cosby Street Podcast on there. And anything related to Boston sports, Bruins, Patriots, and Red Sox. That's the CLNS radio app. Make sure you also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, all at Causeway Street. And follow the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Sway, on Twitter at J-O-E underscore S-W-A-Y. My man, you've been... I bet you you've had like crazy, crazy interactions with like random strangers. Yeah, it's funny, like, man. Like, I got a lot of people in my DM just giving me props, and you know I, I appreciate the love, guys. If you listen to this podcast, of course, I'll continue to, to support us over here as we continue to um, cover the Celtics in this 
in this playoff run. I, I think it's going to be probably the most or one of the most entertaining series in this entire NBA playoffs. So I, I can't wait to get into it. I can't wait to see the different angles and how it all plays out. And uh, continue to follow us as we continue to give you the best coverage that we can over here at Causeway. And we have the best Celtics playoff coverage on our homepage, CausewayStreetBlog.com. We got quotes for uh, postgame and also pregame. Also, check out Sway on the CLNS Radio Celtics pregame show where he talks to different different writers. You talk to Vinny? <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I actually emailed him before the series started, but gonna get he, back probably, to he probably yeah, he probably doesn't even know I'm the same person that emailed him before all this went down with Hoiberg. Oh, Vinny. <laughs> Mr. Ducha, where can they find you on the interwebs? Uh, John Dutra. That's S E A N. Say that every time every time we do this, every time we wrap things up, you're gonna play that. Not, not S H A W N. Like I said, it's an honor yeah, and a privilege. You don't, you don't you don't have a Twitter handle. I saw you look down. You're like, wait, do I have it? Okay, no, I don't. <laughs> you know what? I do have a Twitter handle, but I'm not ready to disclose it. <laughs> you so weird about that. I'm so weird what? about Twitter. Joel is so weird about I Twitter. I do have Joel it. Doesn't want, Joel, Joel doesn't want anyone sliding into it to his DMs. That must That's be it. That must be the case. Or it might, might be the trolls. Joel doesn't deal well with trolls. Well, if you follow us on the Causeway Street Twitter, that is me. Who responds? So, that is him. That's true. You know, I welcome negative and positive feedback. And that's it for. In case you missed it. Any uh, nose poking or face slapping in this series? Um, Maybe not in game one. One can only hope. <laughs> maybe not in game one, but at some point. At some point. We'll see. Someday. We'll see. All right, folks. Thanks for uh, tuning in once again. And we will be talking to you guys very soon in this series. Peace. All right. Bye, guys. See you, guys. Bye. Uh, Joseph Pavone, Causeway Street Blog. Fred, did you see uh, Isaiah carry the ball at all in this game? No. I don't believe it. That was Joe Sway. That was Joe Sway that asked that question. He came out there showboating, making that big statement about Thomas, and you don't think anyone's going to come out there and follow it up? Good on you, Joe Sway. No. No, I didn't, okay? He does it all the time, but he didn't do it tonight. Just enough that I wanted to piss and moan about it after game four. But no, not tonight. Hoiberg, you clown. The hell with the Bulls. Let's talk about Joe Sway Pavone stealing the show tonight, baby. <laughs> he, he, he's never afraid to ask a question, and he just got right under Hoiberg's skin. And We I, had a uh, <laughs> tweeter complaining that you know, Joe Sway's just trying to make a name for himself with stupid questions. That's a legit question. Great question. You you made the rant. You brought it up. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you brought it up. He, he introduced it. Hysterical. And it was, it, the question was well-delivered, too. Good job, Joe Sway. Good job. Great job. Joe Sway just, you know, dunked over all over him with that question and someone had to do it you know he he gets the gold star tonight we got to give him a promotion here at the network he shut that whole thing down <laughs> he shut the whole question and answer period he shut it right down joe sway props to him i'm glad it was him that did that